Dark save for light being cast from the big TV screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning. Hey, George. Hey, Lions. How's it going? It's going good. This, uh, I'm gonna jump right into it, man. This game, this was a roller coaster nostalgia trip for me. And I'm Dude, like, I mean, I don't know about you, I'm doing groovy. <laughs> yes, groovy groovy well you know after like the eighth or ninth time in between levels it's like there were other stupid 90s things you could have said there there were there were but i mean like (laughs) and after to be fair like after playing this game you know at first i was like oh man this is groovy and then towards the end i was like oh no (laughs) it's just gonna be like an hour of that isn't it so (laughs) so here's what we did uh we played earthworm gym specifically the yes uh the oh man i miss that cartoon so much i'm sure i know right i'm sure i would hate it to death now but um, (laughs) so we played the genesis version because there was a pc port that came out later and there was a super nintendo version and then there were like a bunch of remakes with like updated graphics and then there was a sequel and they remade that one a bunch and didn't they also make one for like the n64 that was like a tremendous flop yeah there, there was a third one that i know nothing about and never played and I assume yeah. must have been really bad. Yeah, no, it was it was definitely like 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 the Green Lantern of video games, where it's just kind of like <laughs> like it came out and you're like, oh, that sounds neat, and then everybody is just kind of it's terrible, and you're like, well, I'm glad I didn't waste my time, and you just forget about it forever. Yeah, that, that's pretty much what I did. Plus, I went the PlayStation route, not the N64 route. But this this was a Genesis game, so this is '94, and I'm I'm glad I looked that up because. Uh, one, uh, we actually got a listener request that they were like, Hey, can you maybe like mention the years some of these games came out so I can like place them in my mind? And I was like, cool. that's a reasonable thing. Also something we did at first and then just like totally abandoned at some point. <laughs> so we're back to doing that now. Um, but I'm glad that I know it was 94 because if it had been like 91 or 92, I would have been like, man, this game was way ahead of its time. Like it was so nineties, like is all of 90s culture based on Earthworm Jim? Or if it had come out in like 97 <laughs> or 98, I would have been like, oh man, like that stuff was so over. Why were you still doing this? But no, it is 1994, the ideal year for all of this. Like everything that is the aesthetic of this game is is 1994 in America. Oh God, yeah. No, this is like if they kind of distilled ren and stimpy and rocco's modern life and all that like insane over-the-top animation you know like truly ridiculous and and just true 90s ridiculousness um i I feel like there's there's a uh a philosophical term but like 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 absurdism you know like oh yeah yeah Yeah, i I don't know if that's the right word but but yeah but it is like it's like uh what does mo say in the simpsons uh he's like it's pomo it's postmodern. It's weird for the sake of weird. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that is that's exactly what it is. So, um, but yeah, no, it was a uh, it 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 was definitely a, a trip. What was your uh, nostalgia experience for this? So for me, uh, I'm pretty sure this was a rental because I don't remember ever playing this with the two kids that I played video games with the most, and I only have memories of playing this at home. But I know I did not own this game, so it must have been from that little blockbuster, thankfully right around the corner. Um, 
but I remembered this game being really hard and I sat down to play it and I was like, oh yeah, it is exactly as hard as I remember. And also now my brain is in like a modern context where there are certain things that I'm expecting to take for granted and super cannot take for granted. So there was, there was not only trying to force myself back into that frame, but even at the time, this game was considered very hard. And like, this is a favorite of speedrunners because there are things you can do that are um, like trade-offs where it's like, oh, you have to get hit here, which has a really long animation, but then you it saves you like two seconds in this other place because it delays this enemy spawning or like there's lots of that kind of delicious nonsense but if you're not doing that and you don't memorize the entire layout of the game it's just hard so i remembered it being hard and it is as hard as i remembered what are your nostalgia goggles for this mine are i if i remember correctly this was a so i had a, a friend of mine who um uh he he was he was about two years my junior um and uh and he was uh what was what, what's the name of the the friend of yours that had more money than love <laughs> he, he that's so sad uh he had more video games than love um, <laughs> well, what is money but a universal third I don't, good i don't i don't think i want to name him now <laughs> his his <laughs> well, name was fine. his name was john parented by video games <laughs> john name redacted um but, uh not even john doe john redacted yes. but uh so, so um th- th- this this was my john name redacted like Got it. he you know his parents definitely and and to be fair it wasn't because like they didn't love him but they they definitely went the parenting style of well if i give them everything that they want then they'll certainly be happy as opposed to having the exact opposite effect yeah. Yeah, this this was more of a like Homer John name my John name redacted was more of a uh, Homer Simpson radiation king situation like it it wasn't it was just it was the way things were done like the lad just wants to sit there and play games and by gosh we're going to let him and maybe yep. maybe that's not as thoughtful as you think. Yeah, no, for them there was definitely, you know, like like one of the things that I have I've been telling Teddy for quite some time well before he I mean, he doesn't have the linguistic skills to understand what I'm saying now, but like, you know, even when we'd be driving and he'd like throw a toy like out of his little, you know, like car seat and then like started losing his mind. I would say the two things I would always say to him are, I need you to make better long-term decisions <laughs> and I need you to learn to deal with loss. Um, <laughs> I so, want my toy back. I, I'm sure if you had thought of that a moment ago, we wouldn't be in this situation. <laughs> Another thing that I said to him is like, you know, he's like, I want thing A. I'm like, possessions are fleeting. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's like my parenting style. This was the exact opposite of that. So this, but what would happen is because, you know, like, like his parents would shower him with like money and all this sort of stuff is that a lot of the times I would rent video games through him. Mm. So, you know, like we would go over to his house and be like, Hey, what do you want to do? And he'd be like, Oh, let's go. You know, I just rented this cabal of this, this <laughs> crucible of video games and i was just like oh well, you know like let's let's play them and and earthworm jim was definitely in one of them and which is it's actually kind of a good two-player title because if you switch off when you die right you switch off pretty quickly yeah. you know there are definitely some games where you you kind of have to put in some other like well you will switch off when you die or at the end of a level you know like that kind of stuff but you don't need that if you just switch when you die you're good to go. Yep. So, so that that was 
that was my nostalgia experience. Yeah, no, it, it's. I mean, we're uh, we're definitely going to talk why this game is so hard, but I think it's. This may be one of the only times that we've played a game so far that I remembered thinking, "Oh man, this game was really hard back in the day," and we've now been tearing apart video games long enough that right as my brain started to be like, aha, but you're an adult now and you have years more experience of video gaming. The, the 12 year old in my brain came screaming up to the forefront and was like, don't listen to that asshole. No, 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 no. Nothing you have done in the modern era has made you any better at this. No, no, it's a, it is definitely a very particular skill set that has been eschewed in modern video games. Uh, that I, I think that well we'll get into it, but there's definitely a lot to learn. There's definitely a lot to learn from this this video game, you know. Um, but yeah, so top of the hour visuals. So I I actually I've I've started occasionally using emoji in places that no one else are going to see them just for me, sure. right? Like yeah. in my notes and documents and things, and and I have my my first bullet point for how are the graphics is uh it's 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 the word beautiful and then a little star emoji with like the little shiny lines coming off it because uh being a big Sonic fan as I was. And particularly from this era, like the Sonic 2, Sonic 3, Sonic Spinball, kind of like early 90s era of Sega Genesis graphics, the second this game turns on, right, the minute you flip that crazy little switch on your Genesis or press the button if you have the old style one, um, you know this is a Genesis game. Like, you could bring someone from a, a country that has never played uh, American or, or Japanese video games and blindfold them and be like, okay, I'm going to take off your blindfold and I want you to say the first word that comes into your mind. And they would just be like, oh, it's a Sega Genesis game. And like, <laughs> they would, they, I just, there's something delightfully like muddy and like brown and green. And like, it's, it's, I just, I love it. Like, I, I, per, I think the graphics are really good. Like, I think everything looks really excellent. Like, it's really, really good pixel art. But I'm also super aware that there's just like a, a little, you know, cord in my brain that this game is pulling on. And it's just like, ah, uh, that's some good Genesis graphics. Like, it just, <laughs> it just feels good. Yeah. You know, you, you're just kind of like the, uh, <laughs> the opium addict or um, as a, a picture I saw recently uh, that said it was, it was a picture of a rooster, like emerging from the water, like a giant head of a rooster. Right. <laughs> and it said, release the crack hen. And, uh, yeah. and, and it said, you know, like, 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 yeah. So that, that, that to me is like, like what it is where you're just kind of like, oh man, that's a, that's, that's a good, just steady drip, you yeah. know? Oh yeah. Like, no, it, it's, it's like the, the second the game turned out cause Earthworm Jim is on the Sega screen, like the, the logo title card. And mm -hmm. so the second it starts up, you see him in all his Genesis glory. And I was just like, mm, mm. there it is. <laughs> and. And actually, to, to your point, I think that this game is a really good one to reference if you really want to know or, or see a great distinction between like graphical, um, like graphical power versus picking a really strong visual aesthetic and sticking with it, you know? Because that's the thing. Is that, that to me, the reason why this looks so good is because and it's not because the graphics are amazing, right? Like if you were to compare the graphics to like Toy Story, the game, right you know the the graphics the resolution is similar you know yeah like 
like plus or minus you know like you you could you could look at the two of them and be like eh, they, they, you'd lob them in the same ballpark as far as like you know graphical fidelity but um they they just picked a very very strong like like cartoony aesthetic you know um it's very much so i mean i i don't know which came first the tv show or the video game i think it was actually the video game yeah yeah so So, someone looked that up and then go outside and do your thing yep (laughs) yep do 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 the thing you know you you know how to get in contact with us come on i mean obviously um the guy uh you know who, who who wanted to have the years put in there i assume that did he make bail or i don't know i mean i just we we promised we would keep up with people up to and including the police blotter and everything that happens after that is the county's problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, but yeah, so basically they 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 picked a very strong, unique art style, and they just they just stuck with it. This feels like almost like Rocco's Modern Life, the you know the video game as far as like the art style. So, and considering the time period that they were going for, that's exactly, I mean, they accomplished that with the plum, you know, they, they visually, in my opinion, they fell short in a number of areas, but the art style is not one of them. If you want to know, like I said, like if you want to distill off eighties animation into a video game, this is, this, this will get you there. Nineties even, but oh, sorry. <laughs> I know we're we're just so old. All those decades run together. Um the and so they I agree with you. Yes, they they absolutely have this beautiful uh cartoony art style. And as an aside, I kind of wonder um when they were designing characters in this era, I wonder how many times they went to paper and they said, "Okay, we're going to sketch out these characters and what we want them to look like." And how many times they went directly to the hardware and said, we're going to design these characters in engine so that we know exactly what they're capable of. And this game and and a lot of games like this really feel like if they didn't start in engine, they went there really soon because there's a lot of movements. There's like a lot of materials that are like squishy and that like um, deform in a very cartoon animation way where they like squish and stretch and squash and, and everything feels very hand animated. Like even though it doesn't look it, it definitely looks like pixel art, but it has that feeling of like, Oh, this is what like a Warner brothers cartoon looks like. It's very like visceral and and material. Right. Um, Yeah. So I wonder, like, if they go directly to the engine or they get there as soon as they can so that they don't design something on paper and then fall in love with it. And then when they get to the engine, be like, oh, well, this doesn't look exactly how we imagined, but it's close as we could do. This really feels like they sat down with the Genesis uh, art tools and they were like, okay, let's make an earthworm in a super suit, right? Let's make all these, like, weird enemies and things. And and you can see across the levels that... Because there's a couple levels that are like two-parters where you kind of are in the same level. It's really one long level that they sort of cut in half so that if you die and continue, you don't start back at the beginning. But it's uh, every every level, every monster in the different levels, they're all 100% different, right? There's no palette swapping. There's no lazy background reuse like each because i mean technically you're on a different planet in every level so like each level is completely different feeling completely different looking completely different color palette just everything totally totally different and it's just really gorgeous but really well thought out like if this game did in fact come before the cartoon it really feels like they were 
trying to get a cartoon made and for some reason they ended up making an entire like triple a title as a pilot they're like yeah we want to make this cartoon let's just make an entire video game to show why the cartoon would look cool yeah absolutely and actually though um so i think that and i don't know if this is always a double-edged sword but the um okay so the you mentioned the animations and the animations are very lovingly crafted and they are very cartoony right so i I think that you kind of hit it on the head where like they stretch and move like cartoons stretch and move you know like it's just kind of like you know when you pick bugs bunny up by the ears and like pull straight up like he stretches and then snaps you know on the same thing with like for instance the guy who uh um burps fish at you uh oh yeah the first like full level boss yeah um, that guy, he, um, like he literally kind of like, he's, first of all, he's, he's huge. Right. But like, he like takes in a breath and then like his midsection just becomes like, you know, like super narrow and like his top section, like becomes like super large and then he burps out the fish. Right. But it's all super exaggerated. So because of that, um, the hitbox becomes, I think difficult to manage because the dimensions of the enemy are shifting wildly, you know? Um, so, I mean, like some of the enemies are better than others, but because of that, like crazy animation, like there were, I mean, in my, in my opinion, the, the hitbox is just atrocious, like as a general rule, you know, I mean, even like earthworm gyms, like pulling the earthworm out and like whipping it, yeah, the, you know? the, the, the whip attack. Yeah. Yeah. The whip attack. It's just kind of like, it's like, these are the, the hitboxes are, not great but i think that it it may literally be a function of um of the fact that it's like okay well when you know you've got like these like giant animations shifting it's like well do you do multiple hitboxes and then those would have to grow and shrink and so it's happening like quickly enough to where you're just kind of like okay well or is it if it's one hitbox and they have to cut some of that out because these are not blocky enemies you know so you know it just becomes kind of a uh, I don't know if that's always a trade-off or a double-edged sword, but I definitely felt it in this game. Yeah, and and I suspect you're probably, if not right on, like you're in the ballpark of what caused the hitboxes to be so atrociously bad because your weapon only fires in like eight the eight cardinal directions. So it's not like, oh, well, I was a little high or a little low. Like if you are firing straight, you are firing straight in front of you and you don't have to hit the enemy in like a sweet spot. If you make contact with them at all, then you hit them and bullets travel instantly. Right. It's like, there's no, like the bullet doesn't actually travel out of your gun. Like the second you pull the trigger, they receive a hit. Right. Do you know the term for that? Uh, yes, but I can't think of it. Hit scan. Yeah, that, um, (laughs) so it's, uh, it, there's definitely not like, oh, my bullet just whizzed past his, you know, ear, alien ear thing, right? Like, it's, it's, there's some hitbox weirdness going on. And you, because Earthworm Jim is also very squashy, stretchy, moves kind of in bizarre ways, like very cartoony ways. Um, I had this happen sometimes in my favor, where something would like whiz really what seemed like right through me. But I think it's because what was actually happening is my brain was processing the animation. And from the game's point of view, my animation was in a different place when the enemy came into contact with what it looked like to me they had come into contact with, right? So there's this like microsecond overlap of the visuals 
in my brain, but no actual overlap of the visuals in the hitbox. And then there were other times where it was like, oh, the game was running, so I just got hit. Like, <laughs> right? So it's like both both extremes were happening. Like, I took damage when I shouldn't have, and I gave damage when I shouldn't have, but I also avoided damage and avoided, you know, or missed hitting an enemy when I felt like I, I should or shouldn't have. So, like... It's just sloppy hitboxing like all around. And and there's a really good chance it's because of these like an enemy could like double in size. Like they stretch yeah. all weird and then they like, you know, squash all weird. So it's it's I don't know. You can't have just the hitbox be the same size the whole time. Right, because that, that would be way worse. And I mean like for example, like Earthworm Jim when he jumps, like like compare Earthworm's Earthworm Jim's jump animation to like Mario's, right? So Mario, when he jumps, right, like you move through the air, but realistically, your feet just kind of go out to the side and your hand goes up. Yes, right? his his, so his dimensions change not at all. Exactly. No, and that's and that's the point, right? Is because like his hitbox when he is standing still and his hitbox when he's jumping can be exactly the same because you are taking up the same physical space, so it'll feel right. Compare that to Earthworm Jim's jump animation, where he literally like hitches a leg up, you know. So now like one leg is distinctly higher than the other. And he jumps and pulls the other leg up, and then the first leg comes back down, and the other leg comes back down, all while his arms go up into the air and then come back down. Like, you've got to, I, I, I don't know for sure, but my assumption would be that there are at least five hitboxes in there. You know? Oh, yeah. There's probably like a main body, and then the limbs, and they, they're rectangles, and they, they squash or they move and overlap. Yeah, yeah there's, there's, there, there would have to be, because otherwise your default hitbox would be half the friggin' screen. It'd be huge. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and, and that's the thing, too, is that maybe what they did is if there was a legs hitbox, right? Or, I mean, I don't know, like, the, the, the type of power that this math, like, does, but they may have had, like, cut corners where it's like, okay, well, what we'll just do is when, like, one leg is lower than the other, we'll just make that one hitbox the size and then, like, cut it off at, like, the bottom foot, you know? Like, so their foot's not part of the hitbox, and then that just... Again, as far as game feel goes, it just feels sloppy. But, again, we, we discussed this before, which is that I don't think that you can really... It's it's one thing to make a, de a decision as long as it is made deliberately. Like, I can get on board with that, right? And I think that they, they literally were like, we want to create a game that has a very distinct, strong, lovingly animated visual aesthetic. That's what we're going for. So... You know, you're playing this game like we talked about, like the core aesthetics, you know, like you're not you're 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 definitely playing it for, you know, the challenge for sure. But it's like, you know, the it's not like like sensory, like the visuals were also super important. They were like, that's going to be that's what, we, what what you're here for. You're here to basically be in Rocco's modern life. So, yeah, they, they made a playable cartoon. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And so they were just kind of like, so that's that's first everything else comes second and i can i can i can i can dig that you know yeah the the places where it backfired though because i mean the, the hitbox like i feel like if you if someone did the math they would be like wow a lot of older games had really terrible hitboxes and hey guess what yes they did and it was really annoying um and modern games use a lot of wizardry to make it seem like the hitboxes are fair when in reality a lot of the times they're also broken so uh those were hard lessons to learn but there's a couple other places where I felt like the visuals um, did not uh, did not were not in it to win it, um, and two of them that were the most egregious to me is uh, one, it was not always obvious to me what was in the foreground and background in yes. ter in terms of things Anything. I could directly interact with, and yeah. and I yeah. 
this feels like a little bit of a stretch because if you really sit and just look at any screen, if you picked any random screen in the game and you were able to sit there and look at it, you would no problem be able to say like foreground, 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 background, 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 right? Like it'd be really, really easy. But when you're running, jumping, climbing trees, putting on makeup while you're up there, like there's all kinds (laughs) of... I just dropped that on somebody earlier and they kind of looked at me like, what was that last part? (laughs) (laughs) So like if, if you're jumping around, like trying to avoid enemies and trying to, you know, grab on the platforms and whip on the hooks and stuff like there were just a few times where I was just like, what is in the background, especially in a couple of the, the, like the second to last and very last level, there's these platforms you have to jump on that until you stand on the first one, you could easily be part of the background. So I like, I, I'm, I'm sure that this is a, this is a nostalgia goggles problem, right? Like my brain is no longer as good at saying this is exactly the foreground. This is exactly the background because I don't actually think the art style in this game is to blame. I think that the art is lovingly rendered enough and the backgrounds actually have stuff going on. Like there is reason you would look into the background that you feel like there is a sense of depth that in reality the game does not have. There's everything that's in the foreground and there's everything that's in the background and that's it. There are no other layers. And 12-year-old me probably did not have the problem that not 12-year-old me is having now. Well, and I think too that as we've said before and and kind of the point of this podcast is that games have gotten so much better at relaying that information visually that your mind has gotten lazier about picking it out you know totally and uh but i mean a couple of examples that i can give for this are um especially in level one is uh the the tires you know because sometimes you can jump and be impacted by piles of tires but there are also regularly piles of tires in the background right you know so like the first time i saw a pile of tires i I actually that kind of stopped and i was just kind of like i don't know where to go next you know because i was like there's just a pile of tires and like a wall and i was like wait can i jump on that and so it's it's kind of like the uh oh what is it the pile philosophy right where go you know, it's like on. You, <laughs> it's uh it's if you have you know a pile of rice right um and you remove a single grain have you oh you what, still have yes i i prefer the table uh, metaphor but it's the same thing yeah where it's like if you remove a single grain of rice you still have a pile but then by that successive logic you would eventually have one grain of rice and still a pile of rice right. if you've established that so it's just to me it's just kind of like there is a point where there are enough tires that you can now interact with them you know like so if there's like a cluster of like five or six tires well that that that's going to be background but if it's like 50 tires <laughs> then then you can interact with it so somewhere there's a threshold <laughs> of tires that now means that they are now in the foreground and interactable um and also too and this is again this was definitely a good choice for visual sensory but a bad choice as far as um you know mechanically in my opinion uh, which was um the ground right is typically very uneven like it, it moves up and down you know it's not like like a mario level where it's it's flat no it's the world is made of slopes yeah. And so but the but the it's not dead on slopes. It's in that like three quarters view. Yeah, know? where you can kind of see what he's standing on. Yeah. Right. Where it's basically like, you know, it's it's the even though you are at full profile, 
the, the sidewalk is not at full profile. It's as though you're like, you know, standing like three feet up and looking down at an angle at it. And so because of that, you know, and because the the width of the sidewalk varies wildly, because again, that's the animation style, you can't really tell exactly where you're going to land, you know? Like you'll be oh, off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like where where's the center, you know? So and and that's not a, that's not really that big a deal and doesn't really impact things regularly but you know if you like land on that and you're just kind of like oh well I'm going to land on that jump and then jump over this thing but you end up landing like a, a hair later because the ground was a hair lower than you thought and then you desperately press jump well now you're jumping like two hairs later and because of the also hitboxes that we discussed you can get winged and take you know damage for that you know so it's just and and all of that is super kind of nitpicky and nuanced, but what it does, is, in my opinion, is it makes the game feel gummy, you know? Yeah. Where it's like, you, you kind of feel like you're moving through a molasses a little bit, and the game doesn't feel very responsive, especially when you couple that with, like, the jump animation is an animation that takes a couple of frames, so that's a little bit slower. And then all of this adds up to just make it feel less responsive, you know? Yeah, and and <clears throat> that's a large... the 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 engine, the way Earthworm Jim moves through the world is a large part of what I have to address later. Um, but the, <laughs> the last thing I want to say about uh, visuals is um, kind of in the same vein as the hitbox and not knowing where the ground is exactly or like where you can, can grab onto a ledge exactly. Um, there are several bosses that uh, Susan just had to put up with a an overwhelming amount of me swearing because I was just like, like, am I am I hurting him? Is this what the game wants? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not getting any like useful feedback here at all because some of the bosses, like the the first boss, like he sort of transforms when you shoot him enough. The little garbage can monster, and then like the 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 guy who vomits the fish. Like when you hit him, he only vomits the fish when you hit him, right? So you get some feedback. And like evil the cat, when you shoot him, he dies instantly and there's like a little number on his chest because he has nine lives get it right and so like most of the bosses have this very very clear visual feedback when you have caused damage or at least interacted with them because some of them have like a pattern you have to deal with there's a couple of the bosses that give no feedback at all their movement pattern is literally unchanged while you are shooting them in the face and i found that to be uh, really frustrating because uh, you you build up this this knowledge in the game where you're like, oh, okay, when I shoot a thing, if it takes more than one hit, it does this, and if it takes a lot of hits, like a boss, then it does you know A, B, or C things depending on what's happening. And then a couple times they're just like, except not this time. And 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 it's just like you're watching your bullet counter go down. You're just mowing this thing down like you're trying to cut grass with a firearm. Like it's so ridiculous. And then they die and you're like, oh, I, I guess somewhere in the last 10 minutes I did what the game wanted. But I really don't know what or when. Like was it in the last two seconds I did what the game wanted and that boss has a really small amount of health? Or did it actually take me 10 minutes of constant gunfire to defeat this boss? Like, I have no idea. There's no health meters. There's no indication that I was doing damage. And that, that to me, is, is falls more into the category of, like, sloppy decision. Because, like, if you... So the question is then, you know, like, okay, so, you know, the game 
telegraphed very, very poorly in every way possible. Like there's no health bar, there's no visual cue, there's nothing, right? So because of that, when you beat the bad guy, right, you you don't feel victorious, you feel confused. Yes. You know? And and I said so two two bosses when Susan happened to be in the room that I beat I was like, I literally turned to her and I was like, do I feel good right now? Am I satisfied? Do I feel like I've accomplished something? No, I'm just confused and angry. Yes, exactly. And so then the question then is, is that what you want the player to feel? You know, I, I do not believe that's what they were going for. Oh, especially because that, that clashes with this aesthetic that they built, you know, like it being like insane over the top cartoony. It's supposed to, this is supposed to be a place of fun, you know, <laughs> like it's just, but it's, it's, it's kind of, and it's okay for it to be hard. That's all right. But then, you know, it's, it, if they had just had all of that, but then they also said like, and you are doing damage because having that big giant unknown is definitely something that like, for example, um, uh, darkest dungeon, like they leverage the unknown regularly, but that's in line and in theme with going into a you know, monster-filled horror house, right? Yeah. This is this is antithetical to the theme, you know. And so that to me makes me think that it it it's and again, you know, like I, I it's gonna sit here in my glass house and just toss stones until I'm blue in the face. But <laughs> um, but I think that 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 is it's either you know it was a decision like wasn't well thought out or you know like to me that doesn't feel unlike where they said like we are going to go with the art style over you know gameplay that to me felt like a deliberate decision and 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 in my opinion you know a good one right because that's what makes this game memorable is the the aesthetic right um but uh but as far as like well for this boss we're gonna have no visual cues it's like <laughs> why why did you do that and it's like uh you know it's like uh, oh okay yeah well and this this is actually uh unless you have something else this is an excellent segue into audio because the very first boss like mid boss that you encounter is the trash can monster and the trash can monster i'm gonna call him trashy so when you okay. when you fight trashy uh you can only kill trashy when trashy is in like the tank form and mm-hmm. when you when when Trashy's like flexing and like mm-hmm. doing doing like the flexing thing, I'm not positive that the sound of your bullets hitting Trashy is different than when you are actually doing damage because you're I'm not. Confident it's not because until you said you can't damage Trashy when he's flexing, I assumed that I was. Well, you have to keep shooting him because you have to get him to go into his tank form, but you can only kill him when he's in the tank form. Yeah, I did not know that. So. And, and, and I, I pushed this to the limit because the first time I got there, because I mean, he's right in the beginning of the game. The first time I got there, I was still like kind of feeling out the controls. And most of my shooting him was when he wasn't moving, not when he was moving. And I probably fought him for a solid seven minutes. And it should nice. not take anywhere near that long. And so I was like, okay, obviously I'm overlooking something here. So I went to the game facts and it was like, oh, you can only kill him as his tank form. And then I went back and, you know, it takes like 15 seconds, right? And I was just like, oh, how was I supposed to know that? And I <laughs> I guess the assumption is you will just keep wailing on him until he falls. But the thing is, if you, if I understood correctly from GameFAQ, if you uh, allow him to go from the tank back into like the upright, like flexing trashy, 
like his hit points, whatever, however it's measured, resets. So you could theoretically be doing damage to him, but not ever kill him because you're just not getting all the, you're not sealing the deal. And if that's true, even if that just has the appearance of being true, like that's, give me something. Give me like a bullets hitting flesh noise when I'm hurting something and a bullets hitting metal noise when I'm not piercing their armor. Do some consistent difference so that I know as the player, like that shot hurt, that shot didn't. Because I I get that they don't want life bars and they didn't want to make them flash red when you cause damage. Like I, I totally get that, but... I need some kind of feedback because then otherwise I'm literally just memorizing this stuff. And then I got to like tell my friend like, Oh, make sure when you get to the trash guy, you can only like, that's just not good design. No, it's, it's not. And, and I think that again, you know, back during the, the, the wild, wild West days of this, you know, this, this era, you know, they were just kind of like, well, well, how do you, how do you tell if a boss has, life you know it's like oh well, you, you you do life bar we don't want to do that well sometimes they do flashback we don't want to do that and so then, then that's where the discussion ended it's like those, those would clash with the art style right so it's like okay but then the conversation wasn't no we we have to give some feedback if we don't <laughs> then we are making a very this that aesthetic choice does clash with our core aesthetic you know like that's because i think they was just kind of like nope 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 none of that is visually stunning you know it's like it's true, but if you don't do that, it ratchets the difficulty and the the um, uncertainty, the un, the dis-ease of gameplay up super high, and that clashes with the fun cartoon that you're trying to play, <laughs> you know? And that's not, that that wasn't, and then, you know, for them, they were like, oh, well, you know, the game's hard. That's fine. There are tons of hard games. And it's like, this game isn't hard. This game is punishing. Yes. But, <laughs> but they didn't, it, I mean... It, Like people are like, sometimes video games are hard, and it's like, yes, but they 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 didn't have the the silver bullet of game is hard versus game is punishing. You know, they didn't have that that distinction. Yeah, and and it really because there are so many other things that are really well thought out. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt and say like, well, they they made all these beautiful graphics, they made all these beautiful uh, all these beautiful sound effects because the sound effects are really good they just don't always communicate useful information or information in a way that is like um so what i'm looking for like you you cannot use prior information to make future predictions because you're like oh this is the sound it makes when i shoot things with my gun and then you like reflect on that later and you're like oh it's uh am i hurting this guy i think it's the same sound right like there, there's just the the each individual artifact is lovingly crafted, but then they're not necessarily as effectively applied. Um, now, on the other side of audio is the music, and man, <laughs> if you thought the graphics screamed, "Hey, this is from the '90s," the music makes that like just blows it out of the water. I mean, it's so Rocco's Modern Life, Ren and Stimpy, Weird Al show, like lots of country for no reason lots of electronic instruments in the country lots of fart noises and cows mooing like it's so it's so 1994 it's just so over the top like <laughs> it's I, like, groovies and yeehaws and oh my god it is it is audio it is five pounds of crap 
pounded into a four pound bag. You know, like it is just like and it's in that in that very I don't mean to like disparage it in that very 90s way, you know, like like there's just there's just sound happening all the time. The music is going on like it's just like the like you said, you got moves and whoa, no moves and whoa, Nellies and burps. <laughs> and, you know, I like just like just it's just insane. Um, I do have one very very odd very specific <laughs> nostalgia thing for the audio on this okay which is that okay so the in the level what the heck right and in, in the in the level what the heck um you uh you 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 it starts with that dun 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 like that the 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 cartoon hell music right like that is if you if you're in a cartoon and you're in hell it's probably playing that music and i was just kind of like what is that from it's actually apparently uh from a rendition of the russian composer uh uh night uh, i i i'm not even gonna try to pronounce the name but it's, <laughs> it's night on bald mountain <laughs> oh yeah 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 that's um that's the same you know where you know that from. You don't even realize that like one of its most famous uses, it's been used all over. Um, but one of its most famous uses is from uh, Fantasia. That's, that's Chernobog's or whatever his name is, like his demon section, like is that piece. Right. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, I'm I'm sure I've heard it there. I'm sure I've also, I'm confident I've heard it in Looney Tunes, you know? Oh yeah. Like, (laughs) yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing is, is, so it's, it's that, you know, and again, nineties, right. Nineties through and through. Uh, but it gets like, like to a certain point and then it record scratches and goes into elevator music, right? Yes. Which, and, yeah. and there, there's a lot of nineties, uh, jokes about hell. There's the lawyers. Yep. Yep. Exactly. But, um, literally for years and years and years to this day, when I, for whatever reason, that song starts kicking around in my head, I hear the record scratch. Yes. And then the elevator music. <laughs> Yeah, like like I know I could hum you that song up until that point, and then I wouldn't be able to to continue on. Like like I, I'm sure that I've heard the whole song many times, but to me, this everybody else is like wildly improvising. This is the song, you know, <laughs> and it's just such a weird thing where I'm like, I did not play this game enough for it to have that kind of an impact on me. But for whatever reason, it did. So yeah, that that's the one weird music thing that I had where I was just kind of like, I'm not sure how I feel about this. Well, and so th- I think this this raises a, a question I was hoping to have an opportunity to pose to you, and it's a shame that we don't have a podcast we can do that on. Oh, wait, here it is. Um, Whoa! So I I love Weird Al. I loved Weird Al as a kid. I've actually gotten to see him perform as an adult, and I associate a lot of the burp fart like yeehaw kind of like you know uh, crazy banjo like. Cu- zany 90s country like i associate a lot of that with him and whether or not he was the most popular uh like uh, case of that whether or not he was the the originator of that or the popularizer of it um i don't really know but i know for sure that in my mind that stuff is weird owl sounding stuff and i i kind of have like a the the question we always ask you know is like does it hold up? And what I'm wondering is could someone like this that didn't live through it, like this, the music specifically, (laughs) because at no other time in history can I think of 
did we do this kind of Ren and Stimpy burps and farts, like weird noises in the middle of music and just like act as though that was normal. Right. right. And, and like having grown up at that time in history, you know, like eighties and nineties, like I absolutely hear that. And I, I mean, it's not my favorite genre of music. I don't put it on when I need to unwind after a long day at work, but, <laughs> but like I do listen to it and I'm like, ah, I remember those days, right? Like it is very nostalgic. And if you, put Earthworm Jim in front of a kid who is like 15 right now, who was born in the two thousands. Like, I don't, I don't know if they could, I, I just, they would be like, what is this? Like, why, why is there cows mooing in random country? Like, is this a country themed game, but in space, like a space Western? It's like, no, <laughs> no it's, it's not that. Like, it's, like, it's uh, kind of a lot of things. They definitely, and, and and this was very true of the 90s. Like, they used the, like, shotgun approach with theming, you know, where it's just kind of like, it's all, it's all the themes, yeah. you know? It's like, well... It's extreme! Well, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that, that, that uh, the way I would kind of lovingly put it is that there is a high bandwidth on both visuals <laughs> and music, right? Yes, a like lot of throughput. Yeah, exactly, like your brain. And I think that that's kind of why, you know, our parents' generation were like, video games are ruining this generation like how can you ever like look at all these kids with ADD, adhd now it's not because we've gotten better at diagnosing it it's because they've got 15 million things going on at the same time like that's the problem and it's like yeah that, that's the problem but uh honestly I, I i think that as far as just like the 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 audio i don't i can't think of anything oh, okay so first of all i think the the audio and the visuals are very equivalent to uh you know in futurama where um, in Bender's Bender's game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when he's in the uh, the therapy chamber, and so it's like there's like a noise going <laughs> off and like a light flashing and like an axe swinging back and forth near his face and like fifteen rats crawling all over him, and it's like ah yes, you know, like you need to relax more, and then like turn it back on. This is this is that you know, it's just it's just kind of all of it all of it all at the same time. So we are the robots and we find it soothing. <laughs> but I think that anybody else would find it just kind of grating. Cause I'm trying to think if there's anything, if that kind of high bandwidth demand is like, if that's come back, back around yet. And I don't think that it has, I don't think I see too many media or genres that have that kind of thing going on. You I, know, I think the the only place I can think of this happening in video games today, and and I'm not a, I'm I'm not a perfect source of information for this, but the only place I can think of this happening in video games today is not with visuals and audio in the sense that they are zany and overwhelming, but that there is a ton of information that the player has to process. So think of a game like an Overwatch or like a MOBA, and it's like mm. you are being fed huge amounts of information some in visuals some in audio some literally in text like on in the all over the side of the screen like you're just being fed massive massive amounts of information you need to process in order to be even passingly effective at the game right and like right. in a in a game like overwatch like there's tons of audio cues you're being given but they're all like they're all appropriate i guess mm-hmm. whereas like in an earthworm gym rocco's modern life ren and stimpy mtv era like a lot of the information you were being given was more like morning radio dj like 
Like, <laughs> did, like, did that fart tell me anything about what I need to do to win the game? No, it didn't. Like, did that like cow flying through the background tell me anything I need to know about like how to fight this boss? No, it didn't. It didn't. Like, it was just, it was like zany for the sake of zany. And I, I don't think that that's bad, but I can't think of a time before the 90s that that was really a thing. And I, it certainly doesn't seem like it's been a thing since. I mean, the closest I could yeah. come to, and this is a real stretch, would be like a, like an, a Charlie Chaplin Three Stooges kind of thing where there's just a lot of silliness happening all the time, like a vaudevillian kind of like, like, oh, this guy is like in the background, like he's trying to make pies, but he keeps like slipping and falling down. And then the other two stooges in the front, like they're, they're arguing about something and like his pants just fell down and like he bent over to pick him up. And so the guy swung the pan around and he missed him and he hit himself in the face. Like that's, that's the only other thing I can think. Now I kind of want to go watch three stooges. (laughs) That's the only other thing I can think of. That's like even close to this kind of just, zany overload that the early 90s was so fond of sure and to bring it to bring it uh to video games so i think the main difference between you know like the three stooges and let's say earthworm jim is being fall filled hit with a broad spectrum of information i think is different by like by definition in other media because the the reader the the watcher right versus the player the player is expected to then impact the situation, mm-hmm. you know? So if I'm getting fed a tremendous amount of information and I'm just ignoring some of it, like like in the old Three Stooges bit where, like, I can go back or even in Futurama where I can go back and, like, rewatch and be like, oh, I missed this thing in the background before. Whereas in the video game, like, why am I dying? It's like because you're missing this pertinent piece of information. And I think that uh, comparing it to Overwatch is a very interesting comparison. I think very very apt to kind of like juxtapose the two because I think that the difference is basically like with overwatch is they're saying like, okay, we have like, there's like three ranges of audio that you can process at the same time, you know? So we're going to like amp this one up, pull this one down. And then, and now your audio input is maxed. Okay. Now these are the types of visuals that you can process at the same time. You know, like how do we want to rank those? And this is the kind of text that you can process, like all of those different things, but they're all very, they're only giving you pertinent information and they're very, very focused. So I think that the analogy would be like, it's kind of like white light versus lasers, right? (laughs) Is it, is it like with Earthworm Jim, there's a tremendous amount of basically white noise, both with the visuals and the audio. And they're all in this crazy interference pattern where like what you need is the red light. That's the information that you need. But there's all of these other different wavelengths and they're all interfering with one another. Whereas in like Overwatch, like we've been able to hone it to the point where we are only emitting on the color spectrum that you can absorb. And like we've got we still have some interferences and we're still like honing it out, but we've gotten way better at honing those wavelengths, you know? But I would, I would argue in Earthworm Jim's case specifically, but in, in this style of game and media, like when you're in hell or heck, when you're in heck, when you're in Hiffle, um, the, the, uh, Oh God. Oh, early Dragon Ball Z. You were so weird. Um, well, early American fan translation. Um, anyway, uh, like when you're in in heck and the the record scratch happens and the music changes i i don't think that was just them being like oh wouldn't it be funny like hell is elevator music and lawyers har har like 
I think they actually want it to distract you. I think they want you to be playing that level for the first time. And it's like this ominous, like hell music. And you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm in hell. And there's like, like cellos and like French horns. And I get that. And then there's the record scratch. And that actually might jar you enough to take damage or fall in a pit and die or something. Like it's, it's not, it, I don't think it's accidental. Like I think that those musical cues are chosen not just to be thematically appropriate, but to be noisy on purpose, like kind of like how grunge music had a lot of like change dragging on concrete sampled into the audio. Cause why not? Like yep. th- there's, there's a lot of clashing information you're being given almost as a, I don't want to say a lazy way to up the challenge, but it's like, Hey, what if you had to sort out useful information from the useless information, but it was all given to you in the same box. Like you have no way just by looking at the box of being like useless sound, useless visual, useful sound, useful visual, right? You have to open the box and then be like, Oh, this is worthless. And in that time you got like bit by a ghost demon thing. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like it doesn't feel sloppy. It doesn't feel inconsiderate. I think they did it all on purpose. See, for me, I'm not sure that they did it on purpose to impact difficulty. I think that they, again, they did it, on purpose for their theming because that white light that is 90s you know like that's <laughs> that's what it is I mean, you look at rock Close modern life friend and stippy it's just it is very much so that white light of just like we are going to just hit all the wavelengths they've even got uv and infrared in there and you're just not even seeing it you know like you gotta put on different different goggles almost like nostalgia goggles to see <laughs> to see everything that, that's going on there so i think that it's just kind of like I'm not sure that if they did it on purpose to ratchet up the difficulty, but I think that they did do it on purpose to, you know, stay consistent with theming. Um, I just think that, because the thing is that I don't really know if they, and and I don't think that we'll ever really know, is if, if they set out to make a game hard in this way, you know? Because this game's really, really hard, and it's hard in some ways in a sloppy way, like we we mentioned with like the hitboxes, and so and it's it's in some ways it's like hard in a more traditional way with like lives and continues and things like that, you know, taking damage, limited ammo, like all this sort of stuff. But I'm like, if you were trying to make a fun cartoon, were you also trying to make this very, very difficult game? Now, I definitely think that some of the difficulty is part of it like it is now part of the game i just don't know if that's what they set out to do and i'm just not sure on it you know yeah i mean this game like pretty much every game we play is from the era of if you're willing to memorize it it's not that hard right because (laughs) like when you watch someone speed run it it's just they have what the mechanics can do so ingrained in their brain and they have the layout of the level and the enemy placements so ingrained in their brain that they will come within a pixel of death, but they know exact, they know that that arc, you know, when they swing on that, that hook or when they jump across that thing or whatever, that they're always just going to be within a pixel of death. Nothing, no button press is ever going to make them go that hair higher where they accidentally collide with the death spikes. And it's, when you watch someone speed run a game, cause I, I did watch a speed run of earthworm gym. Cause I was curious about some of the interesting like level hacks and stuff like that are built in. They're not glitches. Like if you right. know where to go, you can like hack your way through a level in remarkable time. And uh, when you watch someone do that kind of thing, it's like, Oh, this is the difference between walking on uh, like a parking barrier, you know, like the little concrete thing at the end. It's like, 
you can walk on those for hundreds of feet across an entire parking lot, skipping between the gaps and, you know, in between the parking barriers and think nothing of it. But if I put you on something three times as wide, a thousand feet in the air, you would be terrified. You'd like, you'd be shaking and and you wouldn't know what you were doing. And you'd be so afraid you were going to fall, even though that task is way easier. Right. So I think that's kind of what's happening in this game, but in a lot of games of this era is, like once you once you can see the code and you're not seeing the matrix anymore, like it's just all lines of code to me. Like then yeah. these people skip through heck as if it's no big deal, and and then later the butt themed level that is there's a butt themed level. Um, <laughs> but like it, you ever wanted to know if the game was nineties? <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's part of what's happening is like the the audio is there to be overwhelming zany information, just like the visuals are. And and if you stripped all that away, this game would not be that hard. No, it definitely wouldn't be that hard. And I think, uh, and it, it wouldn't be, I mean, I mean, the question is, you know, like, like you, we, we both remember earthworm Jim. We remember this game. It's kind of like, uh, you know, when I've said like to people, I think we've all fallen victim to this where it's just like, Oh man, that was a really good commercial. What were they selling? And you're like, <laughs> Don't know. It's like there was a bad commercial. It may have been funny. It may have been enjoyable, but there was a bad commercial. Yeah, it, was, it, was like, it was a good short movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's just kind of like, so, I mean, this was, if, if you were trying to make like a game that, you know, people remembered, I mean, mission accomplished. This is that game, you know? So I think that they definitely accomplished that goal. They just, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of like a, a, a sword that's just been forged and not quite honed yet, you know? So, <laughs> so it's kind of like, it's not, it's not the game that I want it to be, but it's the game I needed it to be. You know, that's uh, that's very generous of you. Should we should we jump into controls and mechanics? Go for it. Let's do it. Um, so we've been kind of teasing the fact that the controls are weird, um, but I think they're weird in a specific way in that they feel. Um, they feel, as you said, that they prioritized how it would look when you did something over how it would feel to do that thing. Because yes. when you jump, there's like, he like winds up his jump. He like kind of squats and then like does the, you know, leg leg lift in the air, very believable looking jump essentially. Um, when you uh, like swing on something and you you do like the, the like whoosh, it's a, there's like a massive delay. Like they seriously, at some point someone was like, man, what was that game with awesome whip controls? And someone in the other room just heard whip controls and was like, you mean Simon's Quest? And they were like, yeah, that's the one. Let's moderate. Let's let's model this after <laughs> Simon's Quest. And then it wasn't until the playtesters were like, oh my God, these whip controls are just like Simon's Quest. And they were like, oh, we got to ship it tomorrow, guys. Just make sure the game doesn't crash when you press any of the buttons, right? Like it, it's, yep. it's, it's slow because... He the super suit grabs the top of his head, his face elongates for a second, and then it's this huge wind up, you know, behind his back, and then whoosh, and there's this like beautiful little sparkle, like crack animation, like where the whip connected with the air and where the snap sound comes out, and it's lovingly animated, and it takes forever. <laughs> yes. Oh no, it takes it takes like I, I remember I was actually fifteen when we started playing when I hit the whip button. <laughs> Um, and just, <laughs> time, just now time has ravaged me. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know how you love it when I do imp- impromptu fun stuff? No, actually it's aged me terribly. Yes. yes um, the, the whip button is that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, and no, and again, I think that, you know, as we said, like mechanics, like anywhere where like mechanics started to get in the way of the visuals, they're like, 
nope, visuals. But I think, though, then they said, like, okay, so we want to make this game as visually stunning. Great. What, what else do we need? Well, we need, you know, like, bad guys that fly and do damage. And so they pulled in all of these standard hallmarks, but didn't think, like, well, if everything's on this kind of delay, there are some things that we probably shouldn't do, you know? Like, like enemies that can aggro to you from off the screen, you know? Yes. Like... <laughs> Like, yeah, like, you're, so like you're just sudden, standing there hanging out watching the the idle animation and then all of a sudden you are swarmed yeah exactly and then you're just like <laughs> you're swarmed and you're like oh no and then you know, you're just like firing bullets left and right like i mean that that was just and again you know trying to make a super hard game then that's 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 the way to do it but i i just don't think that that's you know necessarily what they were trying to do and so yeah so just everything is is slow and gummy i also so I think hit scan is fine, you know, but I just, I don't know why to me firing the gun was a little bit confusing in the sense that like, because you, like you said, you can only angle at like dead on 45. Like it's not an analog, you know, like it's, it's quantized, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's so be- deep had life. Yeah, exactly. Which is, which is fine. But because the enemies move so fluidly and kind of all around the place and the hitbox is crappy, which we've already established, like there would be times where I was just, just like spray and pray, man, you know, just just wildly firing. And then like I'd hit them like two or three times. And again, that's that's fine. But if you're going for zany over the top cartoon action fun, why do you have a limited amount of ammunition, you know? Well, and it's weirder than that because if you actually do spend all of your ammunition, it replenishes up to, I think, 50 shots or something. So you can never actually be, have zero ammunition, but there's this arduous delay where you get to zero and then it starts ticking back up and it stops at like 50 or 100 or something. Which, I mean, so that basically that's just building in waiting, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean it's their way of punishing you for not managing your magic space gun better which seems it's like why why are there bullets like i i get that the super shot has limited shots but like the regular gun just let me fire it forever yeah and and that's the thing is that again i think that this game where it suffers it suffers from choices that are like like where somebody said well you know you got a gun you got to have ammo you know and it's like do you it's like yeah does my super intelligent earthworm inside a magical alien suit (laughs) have to have a limited m really like that sentence scans okay okay carry on like (laughs) all right (laughs) ship it so you know like like little little stuff like that but yeah i was i was definitely frustrated because because of that i feel like even the game would have been a lot more fun if if i could just like fire insanely and wildly because then i would be less frustrated with the crappy hitbox and the fact that i can only angle because I, I would just i would just spray and pray and that would have been fun you know but because i was like always like basically i i almost for the most part took like automatic off and i was operating <laughs> on semi-automatic where i was just like kind of like you know as opposed to just like lit and fly and that was less it was more stressful and less fun you know and so and this game if there's ever a game that because I, I i'm a firm believer that games don't have to be fun you know like, because everybody's like, oh, where's the fun? It's like, dude, there are tons of games that aren't fun, but are really, really good experiences. Yes. You know? Um, that being said, I'm, I'm pretty confident that with all of the other aesthetic choices that that this game is supposed to be fun, you know? Yes. <laughs> and and I was just kind of like, this is, 
this is less fun. And that brings me to another thing that I thought was less fun, which was, uh, and again, a hallmark of the time, lives and continues. <laughs> Why? Why lives and continues? Well, lives and continues that for some reason they tell you how much health you have and how many lives you have. They don't tell you how many continues you have. What the the actual like? It's like why why do we need that? Because I and this is not the first game to do this to me, and so I'm like now increasingly sensitive to it. You know, because I'm like why. because I, I hit continue the first time I was like oh okay so you know and there were no there was nothing to say that you had a limited number of continues so I was like well that's fine so you know like I, I will never get booted past the beginning of the planet that I'm on you know and I'm like well that's uh, all right that's that's a long cycle time but I can deal with that and it's like no nope, you're out of continues so I'm like then why continues at all it's an arbitrary third you know like third good like in a sense like it's it's like just give me six lives like if well and it's the because i don't like what it does to the cycle time because i don't believe that extending the cycle time is beneficial to the player so let me make sure we're all on the same page with this uh throughout the levels there are continue spots right and it Mm -hmm. literally is the word continue and when you touch it it like points at the ground like you'll continue from here they don't mean when you continue they mean when you die so really it should say die and have a little finger pointing at the ground. Yeah, there's no way that that would be telegraphed. <laughs> like, that would be <laughs> So, so if you uh, are are playing and you have crossed a continue point and you die, you start back at that continue point. Which, by the way, there's two levels where there's continue points just happening constantly, and you don't know it, and it's really confusing. Anyway, um, so you you start there, and then if you lose all your lives and you continue, you actually start at the beginning of the planet you're on. And the reason I say that this is not well thought out is because in an ideal world of lives and continues that behave differently, the life, like when you die, you get to try again from the continue ideally because oh you just screwed up you didn't have enough health whatever which by the way the fact that health does not respawn in between levels is bull so (laughs) so so you you know you died like you got to just go through and try and fight that boss or try and do that challenge or whatever again so you have a little continue checkpoint if you die enough times and you start from the beginning of the world to me the implication is you need more time to practice. So let's make you do this whole world again so that when you get back here, you have developed the skills you should have developed over the course of playing this level. Except these are not Mario levels. These levels are not designed in such a way that all of the skills and knowledge you attain in the early part impact the later part. So having to replay the whole level is more of just a punishment. And then when you run out of continues and you have to replay from the beginning of the game, then it they're really saying like, oh, well, you need the knowledge and skills you acquire in the beginning of the game. And part of me is just like, no, you really don't. Like the levels do get progressively harder, but not in a way that the skills and knowledge you build earlier on directly impact your ability to perform later you need to learn the mechanics you need to learn like the crazy animations and where things are going to be slow and where things are going to be fast but punishing me into redoing a section because i died i get that making me go back to the beginning of the level uh, frustrating but okay 
eventually saying, no, no, even that's not enough. Get your ass out of here. That to me is a bridge too far. Like just give me unlimited continues and let me do the section slash level cycle time. Do not make me start the whole game over. Oh yeah. No. Cause I mean the first time when I was playing, like the first time I had that, you know, I ran out of continues and like started the beginning of the game. I just quit playing. Cause I was like, okay, well at this point, there's no reason for me to continue. I mean, like, like I can just restart wherever. And, and there's uh, this, this is where I think that it falls outside of the scope of humane design to where it's just kind of like, and this is again, I'm in with games of the era, but like, you know, if all of a sudden you had to, like the baby starts crying in the other room, you better be able to leave the system on because, because <laughs> otherwise you're just starting all the way at the, at the top of the, the hour. And um, you didn't now like, link this to the beginning of the episode you know and they'd be like this is what it feels like just to play from the beginning but uh no so and, and so i think that this game a, a good foil for this type of thing is celeste because you know celeste is way harder than earthworm gym but it can be because the cycle time is shorter you know so it's just kind of like if if they were going for difficulties, like dude, that's fine. Make it as difficult as you want to. And and even if they it, like if they got the final product and they said, look, we went for this very distinct art style, and it is gumming up the game something serious. <laughs> you know, like this game is now way harder than it should be. And somebody said, okay, well, just take out the lives. You know, just I mean, if they basically did what they do in Celeste, where and one thing that Celeste does very well, where they say, dying is you learning die a lot like be proud of your deaths you know if they just lifted that out then that would have completely even on the tail end that that would have absolved the situation but i think what happened was people said look man you know people are dropping a small fortune on this game because you know like only kids play video games and kids don't, don't make a lot of money <laughs> so you know this thing better have hours upon hours upon hours of gameplay to it well how do we produce hours upon hours upon hours of gameplay and it's supposed to saying like well you know what we're going to like do i mean celeste being a great master class they say like oh well what we'll do is you know we'll make the game really really hard and put in a good cycle time but then you know put in different areas of even higher difficulty you know so that way you can play through the whole game but then you can like you, you come back and you play other areas to try to get into like these like crevices and and all this sort of stuff they, they just say like no just just kick them back to the beginning of the level when they continue and then kick them back to the beginning of the game when they continue more than once and that'll make them play forever because then they've got to slog through all this stuff that they don't like and that was just acceptable at the time it's like what if what if all relationships were abusive relationships like you didn't <laughs> we didn't know any better you know we were just like this is this is the, the way things go now that we don't have like we have games that do it in a way that's way better and way more fun you're like oh god i just put up with so much crap when i was younger yeah it, it really th this is one of the few parts of the game that the cycle time that i would say aged not just poorly because lots of games basically every game at the time did this but in contrast to how well the visuals and the audio held up in terms of just like quality products the the, the mechanics of the cycle time stand out as being the game the the part that makes the game unfun because if the hitbox is really sloppy but you don't lose hours of playtime 
because of some sloppy hitbox stuff, you feel differently about that than if you are like, oh, I've been playing for 90 minutes and now I have to start back at the beginning of the game because of some sloppy hitbox. You're like, now that sloppy hitbox has me a lot more pissed off, right? So it's yeah. it's just a different player experience. And there's a, a thing in the animations that I need to, I want to make sure I mention because I want to know if you notice this. And And this is one of those things that makes me just be like, Okay, so the designers definitely knew what they were doing if they made both of these decisions in tandem. So first off, you cannot fire from the air. You can only shoot when you're on the ground, which is I don't like it. I don't like <laughs> I don't like that. Like I disagree with that choice, but I don't think it breaks the game. It's just something you have to plan around. So and you can use your your whip, which can hurt some most enemies. So when uh when you're on the ground and you're firing, no matter what you are doing, as long as you are in a place where drawing your pistol is an option, you go from whatever you are doing to firing instantly. There are no intermediary frames of animation. I think literally zero. So you just stop the animation you were doing if you were walking or if you were like uh, climbing on the, the, you know, like overhead chains or whatever, and you immediately start firing. When you stop firing, there is all of the recoil, because, you know, it, it's like a machine gun, essentially, in the, the form of a pistol. But, like, all of the recoil all happens at the end when you let go of the trigger. And he does this big dramatic, like, you know, because the super suit is super muscly. And he does this big dramatic, like, the pistol flies over his shoulder. And then, like, you go back to doing the Earthworm gym run. And 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 you're, you can't do anything during that. Like, you can't do anything during that animation. And it's long. It's really long. So So, like... They obviously thought about that if you can go from not defending yourself to instantly defending yourself, but then right after you stop defending yourself, there's like a half a second where you are completely helpless. And I'm just like, why? Why did they do that? Like, <laughs> yes, it's a beautiful animation, but if I immediately hit the run button or jump or whatever, like, don't punish me by showing me your beautiful animation let me appreciate it when i don't need to immediately start running jumping climbing trees like i i need i'm, I'm here to save the princess i have things to do right and again all of that would be fine you know if the cycle time was like way shorter because if you got like i mean again you know comparing to the cycle time of celeste i mean one could make the argument that celeste is harder because you don't even have hit points right you know like you yeah, get one and done <laughs> yeah one, one and out so you know like like with this one, you do actually have hit points. So if I got tagged, I'd be like, ah, oh, well, you know, darn, like that, the, the, the controls are a little bit gummy. That's fine. So I'm really having a blast, like seeing all the visuals and like, oh, I wonder what comes next. And ah, there's a lawyer in hell. That's just funny. Um, you know, <laughs> like, like all that would be fine. But the fact that like every single time, like I got tagged, I was just kind of like, oh God, I want to see more of this. I'm having fun. I don't want this fun to end. <laughs> You know, like that, that then added like this, like nice buttery layer of stress over the entire experience that I think, again, just detracted from, you know, the fun. It would be kind of like if, you know, if like during a carnival, if like they said, like, OK, we've got a nice carnival. We got all that line out and you got you got the five guys that run around and randomly punch people. Right. Like you got those. Cool. So make sure everybody knows that they exist and don't really know what they look like. So that way, every stranger you see, you're just not a hundred percent sure that they're not going to punch you. You know, it's just like, well, I mean, I'd still like have fun, but there, I, I kind of like, there'd be like this, like kind of overarching layer of stress that, you know, I just, 
don't think they intended. One of the apples is poisoned. Is it? Is it the one I'm eating right now? Well, it's a slow-acting poison, so enjoy the carnival, right? It's yeah. It's it's just there's there's this. I think a constant layer of stress is a really good way to describe it because you just always feel like at any moment some random hitbox nonsense, some lovingly crafted animation that you really enjoy seeing but are really sad to see because it means you're about to die because you can't move while you're dying is like it's just it's just a bummer. Yeah, no, absolutely. And sorry, you made me think of something, and, and I'm blanking on the name of the chemical, but um, SciShow, which is a great, great show. Everybody should check it out. Um, they, they do a thing on uh, on the – it's the five, like, most uh, insane chemicals, you know, like the most extreme mm. chemicals. Mm-hmm. So, like, in each class, like, this is, like, literally the smelliest chemical known to man, you uh, know? Right. Like, stuff like that. And one of them is the most toxic chemical, and um, – it's uh, it's I think it's like a, a molybdenum or, or organometallic compound, which are really bad because the organic part makes it really great at getting into your body, and the metal's super bad for you. Oh, you know? Is this the one that can only be stored in Teflon, or is that the acid? That's that's the the acid. That is uh, fluoroantimonic acid, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is uh, I think it was fifty quadrillion times more powerful than sulfuric acid. Quadrillion's not a real number, George. <laughs> <laughs> Just listen to how silly it sounds. Um, but uh, no, this uh, this one is uh, it, it, it's it's uh, some I think it's a molybdenum based organometallic. But um, the way Hank Green delivers it, he's like, it is you know gram for gram the most toxic chemical known to man, and it is both acutely and chronically toxic, which means <laughs> it will both kill you now and kill you later. You know, so it's like. If you survive the initial poisoning, it's really likely to give you cancer just to spite you, you know? And so it's, that's to it's, me is just kind of like, you know, it's the two layer punch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But to me like that, that to, to bring it back, like that's and not that bad, but like kind of reminiscent of this game where it's just kind of like a lot of these choices. It's like, okay, well either the ghost, the, the ghast will kill me now, or just the, the overarching stress of like <laughs> crazy hitbox will just like, slowly eat away at you over time you know yeah no this is what's happening which i mean we you know i feel like we may i may i don't know about you i may actually have like a little bit of a twist uh for for our listeners but like we we gotta ask like did earthworm jim hold up so to um you know so because if you got the twist i'll I'll go first because you know that way we'll leave leave the listeners in suspense um for me i'm gonna give this one a solid solid nostalgia monocle um as far as like did it strictly like hold up like i mean because like realistically the way i always frame it is who would i recommend this game to this game is i i enjoyed playing it as far as like a 90s like you know just not embodiment of the 90s video game i'm like yeah man this was this was fun but you know, you, you got to go into it thinking like you're not going to see all of this game, <laughs> like period. You're just, you know, you're going to probably get to level one, two, maybe three if you're really on top of it. This game's got a whole bunch of stuff that you are just never going to see and you got to make your peace with that. But if you just kind of want to have like a fun 90s nostalgia trip, you know, absolutely play this game. Um, but as far as like, can the game be like controller crushingly frustrating? Uh, yeah. So I, I think I think I'm, I'm feeling a good nostalgia monocle for this one. 
So I was originally uh, thinking the full-on nostalgia monocle because I was like, well, it's it's got the 90s 90s that it 90s so 90s, but but it's like really hard and it's punishing in a few ways that make it unfun. And the more I can play this, I don't know what the right, there's surely some compound German word to describe this feeling, but the more I was complaining about this to myself and to Susan and to the world at large, um, the more I felt like this, like welling up of like nostalgic happiness for like the game and the cartoon and I realized that there's nothing in the game that is not learnable. My problem on this particular playthrough was there's no way I can dedicate the amount of time that it would take me to learn all of it. But I am actually enjoying the zaniness. And and this is why I kind of asked you about the music. Like, could someone who didn't live through this appreciate the zaniness? And I think the whole nineties package. Yeah. Because there are people born in the nineties who love like fifties and sixties music, like forties and fifties, big band stuff or like hippie, you know, uh, early, early hippie music in like the sixties and seventies, like, and they did not live through that stuff at all. Like, I think you could absolutely take this and give this to, you know, a young person or an older person who who is, you know, much older by the time the 90s rolled around and just be like, here is a perfectly encapsulated bit of 90s madness. The graphics scream 90s. The audio screams 90s. The kind of sloppy, incredibly punishing mechanics scream early 90s. Like, if you want to know what it was like to play a video game in the early 1990s, this is it. The, here it is. Whether you live through it or not, you will now know everything you need to know. And when you are done, you will feel groovy. The curtain falls. The music plays. The credits roll. Then it all fades black and you're left by yourself the fanfare is gone there's no player two there by your side to share victories one but as you slowly progress down the hall to your bed a few great events leak back into your head from the time that you spent Traversing the land Battling evil Fighting the darkness Just sword in hand Your memories creep in With the edge of a smile 